This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic is going to be over the attitude of we expect to we expect to be treated like the first thief. Or I'm sorry, we expect to be treated like the second thief. But we act like the first thief. But first, the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. Well, it's time to get back to work. Time to get back to work. So, the topic I'm referencing is, it's in the book of Matthew, during Jesus' crucifixion, or it might have been, actually, I think it's the book of Luke. The book of Luke. Um, during the crucifixion, Jesus is hanging between the other two thieves. And the audience surrounding the cross begin mocking him and deriding him and, you know, uh, being general a-holes. And they say things like, well, you're God, come down off the cross, save yourself. And things like this. Now, the thief, the second thief says, or, I apologize, I got that totally twisted. The first thief says to Jesus, yeah, you're God. Save us. In other words, that thief, the guy, the first thief, his attitude was first of all, he didn't really believe Jesus was God because he's looking at it from a natural perspective. He's thinking, well, you know. This, this this guy's deluded. He's a crazy person. If he were actually God, number one, he wouldn't be here. Number two, he'd smite his enemies. And he, even though I haven't shown him any respect, even though I don't know him from Adam, blah, 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 blah. He's going to save me. He, he's going to save me anyway, if he's a God. And so he's like, yeah, save us. You know, your God, save us. And in, um, he too begins mocking and deriding Jesus. And I think part of that also was his own desperation. Because he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to die. And in his rage... In his own rage, he's mocking Jesus because he's mad. Here's a guy claiming to be God and he won't save me from death. He won't save me from death. 
you know, I'm going to die here. I, I'm going to, I'm going to die here. And by the way, crucifixion is a very painful way to die. You, you end up suffocating because of pressure. I think it's either on the lungs or on the heart. I'm not sure which, but so he's dying this painful death and he's literally, and this is prophetic for future, future human beings. He's literally raging against God. Now, does he know that Jesus is God? No, he doesn't. Obviously, if he knew Jesus was God, he'd beg for mercy. But he's, he's, he's raging at God without realizing it. And he's, he's, because he doesn't know that Jesus is God, he thinks he's just railing on a crazy person. But without realizing it, he's literally railing on God. And a lot of future human beings from that time forward have done this. Now, thanks to Catholicism, the concept of Jesus Christ as God even, even uh, most people, because I don't want to paint with a broad brush, most people are aware that Jesus Christ is God. But like the first thief, they don't really know him. And those who completely and utterly reject him, I'm talking about, you know, the atheists. And it depends on the person, but they're kind of like, they're, they're kind of, um, in, in the case of the first thief, he was ignorant. You know, he, he was a thief. Obviously, he was not a disciple or a follower and probably had never even heard Jesus preach or bumped into any of his disciples. And I'm just going by the context of what is written in the Gospels. And a lot of atheists are like this. They rent. I, I think in in a deeper concept, they um the in the way that they are like that first thief is that a lot of atheists, once again, depending on the person, they may be an atheist because they've led a really hard life and either well they, they just, to them, the concept of a, of a loving God who actually cares about them 
and had, you know, wants them to get to heaven may seem like a cruel, sick joke. And trust me, people, trust me, I can relate. I can relate. I never took it to the extreme that some people do and reject him altogether. But I, I definitely have sympathy with people who reject God because not in addition, in addition to maybe leading a, a rough life, have seen the barbarities the human beings inflict on each other or the injustices of this world on a daily basis. And they just, they just reject the concept out of hand. And once again, it depends on the individual, but I definitely can sympathize with that mindset. I definitely can. And that's why I try to urge you guys to get into a spiritual mindset. That's why I try to urge you guys to get into a spiritual mindset because in, in the case of an atheist who's not one of these 300 IQ paste-eating evangelical atheists, but a, 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 what I would call a hardened atheist, that they've led a specially hard life and they see the injustices being done on earth and they see the hypocrisies of people who call themselves Christians, it's a tough sell. It's, a, it's especially a tough sell. And in some cases, once again, individuals, it literally takes an act of our Lord or his blessed mother to get them to at least take that first step. It literally takes an act. A singular grace is what we call it in true Catholicism of our Lord and our Blessed Mother for them to take the first step. Now, the time that it happens, the method, that is all up to our Lord and our mother, and it's generally fitted to the individual. But it's a tough sell. Now, um, Another aspect of the first thieves' attitude is um, that was prophetic is 
if, if maybe in a future episode I'll expound upon this idea further, but in, in the first thief's attitude, the 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 top mortal sin that the first thief was committing was pride. There were other sins obviously committed in his actions toward our Lord, but 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 the pinnacle was pride. And pride is the sin that not just non-believers, pagans and atheists commit, but a lot of people, quote-unquote, who call themselves sedvacantists or true Catholics commit. And I, I will get to that in a minute. But I, I want to talk about non-believers and pagans for right now. The evangelical atheists, once again, individuals, depends, their key sin is pride. Now, the reason I mock mercilessly the evangelical atheists is because there are a lot of reasons, but the first and foremost reason is that they tend to be of the younger type. They, they tend to be, you know, the millennials and younger. And for those of you who don't know, uh, according to the interwebs, a millennial is anyone born after 1984. But these guys... And once again, I want to stress, it depends on the individual. This is not a broad brush. I mean, it is, but it, it's not directed at any one person. But they tend to be people who are they 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 it's a mix of reasons. Part of it could be pride in their own. You know, as I said earlier, 300 IQ paste eating um, pride that they think that they're the smartest guy in the room. And then they read guys like Dawkins, Hitchens, and those other two clowns that they called the four horsemen back in the 2000s. And in their minds, these guys are, are like St. Paul is to the early Christians or I'm sorry, the early Catholics, because they don't want to throw the word Christian around too carelessly. The word has been corrupted, and um, I want to make sure that I'm clear and concise on this. The other type of evangelical atheists, who I have more sympathy for, maybe more sincere in their intentions, more humble, attitudinally, who 
Maybe they're not like the hardened atheists in the sense that they've led an especially hardened life. Um, I'm sorry, bad life. And they see the injustices and stuff. And out of ignorance, they they heard, obviously, of uh, Jesus Christ. But out of a mixture of ignorance and out of out of ignorance, they hear these clowns, and they are clowns. There are plenty of former followers of the Four Horsemen who document how these guys were grifters. Um, they hear what they these guys say, and. To them, out of their ignorance, it makes sense. These guys are, once again, like literal prophets to them. To me, they are false prophets, and um, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes when they go for their personal judgment. But these guys are prophets, and they think, wow, this makes sense. This makes sense. There's no God because how would a loving and caring God allow the things to happen on earth that happen? They're kind of like the hardened atheists, but they may not have led an especially rough life. But the first atheist, I'm sorry, the first thief is, and once again, maybe I'll cover this in another episode, but for today, I'm going to try to keep the concepts as generalized and as simple as I can. The, 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 first, the first thief is literally those who reject Christ, whether knowingly or unknowingly, in his entirety. Which leads me to my co-religionists. And this is going to be brief because I have hammered this home and I don't want to bore my regular audience. But these guys, they see that Jesus Christ is God. Actually, my co-religionists have more to do, have more in common, I should say, with the Pharisees than they actually do the first thief. Because as far as the context of the Gospels go, the first thief had never met Jesus. He'd never met any of his disciples. And he was literally raging against somebody that he thought was a crazy person. But my co-religionists, the ones who claimed to be true Catholics, who neither practice what Jesus taught and don't educate themselves or even attempt to put what he taught and his one true church taught into practice are like more like the Pharisees than the first thief. The, the honest 
the honest all the honest practitioners of the heresies of the Vatican II sect and the Protestants out of ignorance are kind of like the first thief too that they've heard of Jesus they know that he's a he, they know that he is God but out of ignorance they've fallen into the wrong and this is total charity on my part they're in the wrong belief systems therefore they're they're like they're literally like blind people stumbling around in a dark room they know that the light switch is somewhere within the room but because it's dark they don't know where the light switch is and so they're bumping into furniture they're falling down tripping over stuff trying to reach that light switch they know it's there but they can't find it Now, the second thief, oh, well, let me, let me finish the, the, the story that this, that this topic is based off of. So the first thief is totally deriding Jesus, mocking him and joining the crowd. The second thief turns to Jesus and he says, um, well, first of all, he admonishes the first thief. He says, don't you know that this is an innocent man? This is an innocent man. He hasn't done anything. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. We deserve what we get. We broke the law. We're getting our just punishment for what we did. And then he turns to Jesus and he says, will you please remember me? When you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to the second thief. Amen, amen, I say to you. That today you will join me in paradise. Once again. Massacring quote. But that's the gist. The second thief is the opposite of the first thief. Because number one, he recognizes. He literally and utterly recognizes that he's a criminal and that he's getting his, his punishment for turning or for, for, for being, for leading a bad life, which led him to the thievery. And he also realizes, he also realizes that Jesus was an innocent man, which works around to the point that he knows he's getting what he's deserving and he has sympathy for Jesus' plight in the sense that an innocent man is being condemned to a horrible death. And trust me, people, crucifixion is a horrible death. 
And he asks Jesus in his humility to, to take him to heaven. Now, like the first thief, there's no context in the gospel itself without commentary, Catholic commentary, I might add, that the first thief had any more idea that Jesus was God any more than the second, or I'm sorry, any more than the first thief. But in his humility, And at the last moments of his life, he was willing to humble himself enough to say, like an honest agnostic, I'm not sure if you're really God or not, but if you are, can you please have mercy on me? Bring me into your kingdom. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. Please bring me into your kingdom. And once again, the, 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 the context of the Gospels without pre-Vatican II Catholic commentary, we're not sure what kind of lives these two guys led before they were crucified next to God himself. So we don't know the second thief's context, what kind of life he led before he became a thief. We don't. And it's like that with our fellow human beings. We don't know what our fellow human beings are going through in their day-to-day -day existence. We don't know what kind of lives they've led. And being individuals, and God does deal with us as individuals, I will die saying this, God deals with us as individuals. But in his humility... And by the way, I think this was all divine providence. Once again, I will go to my desk saying this. It was God's divine providence. He wanted to show the world there are two types of people. Those who are hardened and bitter and hate him because of it, because of life experiences or whatever, and those who are full of pride and reject him out of pride. And those who are willing to humble themselves, beg for forgiveness, and ask to be and, and ask to be to enter into his kingdom. So I think in his divine providence that the second thief said what he said because Jesus wanted to make a larger point to future generations. That if you think you're the smartest guy in the room and you reject Jesus out of that, I sure hate it for you. If you allow yourself, as I said in yesterday's episode, to be molded and influenced by the culture and society around you and out of your own bitterness and hatred, reject God out of hand... I hope and pray, and I mean this sincerely, that you will be released from that air because that's what it is. It's an air. Now to wrap up, a lot of my co-religionists, 
Their attitudes and their way of thinking are like the first thief. Their attitudes and their way of thinking are like the first thief. It's basically entitlement. Which is an error of today's culture and society. The error of entitlement. Well, I've given God himself my verbal assent. Notice what I said. Verbal. Not mental, not spiritual, but verbal assent. Therefore, I'm entitled to the kingdom of heaven and I deserve to get into that. And they think in their error that they're like the first thief. That by giving Jesus verbal assent that somehow this entitles them to get into heaven. Say, you know, and once again, unlike the honest agnostics and the honest, honest, mistaken Vatican II sect members and Protestants, unlike these guys, um, my co-religionists, Presume that because they've given the verbal assent that somehow or another this entitles them to heaven. And I can't stress this enough. This is kind of, you know, and there's some set of contests who will go literally make fun of the Protestants who think that because they say the Jesus prayer, that somehow or another, this, that this is going to get them into heaven. When indirectly, their attitude may be, or I'm sorry, their attitude is, not maybe, is, well, I've given... I've given our Lord verbal assent. Therefore, I should be able to give in to heaven because I'm following the right religion. As I never get tired of saying, having the right religion, and I pounded this ad nauseum, is necessary. However, it's not the end all. It's your starting point. It's the first step on the path. It's not the end all. But in their pride and presumption, they think that that's all that they got to do. Now, to make it absolutely clear, I'm not saying that all my co-religionists think this or act this way. There's a certain segment, however, that do. So that's what this topic is about. There's a certain segment of my co-religionists that think that they are the second thief, the one who recognized his sins and his need for redemption. 
They think that they're that guy, but in actuality, their attitudes are no different than the first thief who in his pride, in his uh, presumption, reject our Lord and by extension his blessed mother because they are laboring under a bunch of errors and misunderstandings. So, thank you for your time and your patience. I really do appreciate it. And I hope and pray you guys get something out of this. I really do. I pray for everyone. And I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. I mean that sincerely. However, you got to be able to recognize the, the graces that you're given in order to accept them. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. A, a sincere and honest. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. See you.